want to welcome you back this morning. I hope our program has been a blessing to you. Continuing our sermon series through the circle mate. I hope that God will speak to your heart and that God will begin to work in your life in a tremendous way. I hope you'll begin to pray for us in our ministry. At Family of Grace, we're a cross-cultural church that's trying to make a difference in our city. We're trying to break through cultural and social barriers to help healthy and hurting people become all that God is intended for them to be. I hope that God will bless your heart through this sermon today and you'll find strength for your soul. You have your Bible this morning. If you will turn it to the book of Numbers, chapter 11, I want to speak to you about sinful praying. Sinful praying is not just how we pray for others, but how we pray for ourselves. Many people like to, to check every God. <clears throat> it's one reason I'm not really impressed when people go to a foreign country such as India where they worship tens of thousands of gods and they're able to get thousands to come down and pray a prayer about Christ. Because you see, you can get them to pray a prayer about Christ, but it's not about lordship, it's not about relationship, it's about religion. And they'll take Jesus Christ and make him into a demigod and place him with all the other gods. They'll place them with all the other religions and they will try to check them. And they'll begin to go through that process in their life and they'll begin to try to go through every form of religion to cover all bases. That, my friends, is sinful praying. What else is sinful praying? Sinful praying is praying about something that you know is contrary to God's word, yet you pray for it anyway. I'm amazed at the people who in the social media world continue to post things on Facebook and on Twitter, on Instagram and Snapchat now and any other kind of chat they got going. And they quote all of these fabulous scriptures. And they talk about how much their relationship with God. Yet they play house week after week after week. And they live a life that's completely contrary to the word of God. They may not play house week after week. They may not actually be living together. But man, they're not married and they're having sex every chance they get to. And they're like, God bless our relationship. God, pour out your mercy on our relationship. God, prosper our relationship. And it's like, they begin to say, man, I wonder why God's not answering my prayers. And then some of them even have told me, well, God is answering my prayers. Preacher, you're wrong. God does answer those prayers. Well, if God answered the prayers of, of, the, of, of, the, of the wicked sinner to bless the sin, then John chapter 9 would be wrong where it says God does not hear the prayers of sinners. You say, whoa, pastor, the Bible says that? Yeah, look it up, John 9. You say, well, then nobody could ever be born again. Oh, yeah, he'll hear the prayer of a repentful heart that says, Lord, I'm, I, I've failed. Lord, I, I've fallen short of your grace, your mercy, your glory. Would you come into my life? Would you transform it by the power of the cross as I give you lordship of my life? You know why people have walked away from Christianity? You know why they no longer serve Christ and yet they grew up in that cycle? Because they had an anemic religion. And they never fully was rooted and grounded into the relationship that Jesus Christ wants to have with them. Sinful praying. Sinful praying is asking God to do something contrary to his word. And I've had them say, well, well pastor, why is it that I'm blessed? Why is it that this prayer was answered? Well, it could be. 
that God didn't answer your prayer, but it was your faithful grandma, your faithful father, your faithful mother, your faithful aunt, your faithful auntie, or whatever you may call her. God's answering their prayers. They don't have anything in the world to do with yours. Oh, Pastor, you're being mean this morning. Well, it's reality. Let me prove it to you scripturally. There's a story in the Bible, if you've read the book, The, the Circle Maker, uh, Batterson actually uh, drew it out and, and, and made a, an analogy called Quail Mageddon. Where there were so many quails they were being bombarded by. Let's look at that this morning in this passage of Scripture. In the book of, in the book of Numbers, if you have your Bible, if you'll turn there. In the book of Numbers, an awesome Scripture in chapter 11. In chapter 11... In verse 2, then the people cried out to the Lord, cried out to Moses and prayed to the Lord and fire came down from heaven. So the place was named Taborah because the Lord's fire had blazed among them. Contemptible people among them had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites cried out and said, again, who will feed us meat? We remember. Would you circle that phrase in your Bible? We remember. We remember the free Circle that word, free fish, we ate in Egypt. Along with the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions. Oh, my goodness. And don't forget the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. And we're famishing. There's nothing to look at but this silly old manna. The manna resembled a cordoa seed, and its appearance was like was like that of, of, of flavor. And the people walked around and gathered it in the ground on the gathered it, and they ground it on a pair of grinding stones. They crushed it in a mortar. Then they boiled it in a cooking pot, and they shaped it into cakes and tasted like it tasted like a pastry cooked with the finest oil. When the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall. And Moses heard the people, family after family, crying at the entrance of the tents. And the Lord was very angry, and Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Lord, why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Lord, are you angry with me? Lord, Lord, why do you burden me with all these people? Really, God? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them? That you should tell me, carry them on your breast as a nursing woman carries a baby to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Lord, I know I'm complaining, that's my statement. But where would I get enough meat to feed all these people? Where would I find that much meat? For they are crying out, give us meat. I can't carry all these people by myself, Lord. They're too much for me. If you're going to treat me like this, then just kill me. If you are pleased with me, then please don't see my misery any more. So the Lord told Moses, hey, go and get me. Go and gather up 70 elders, bring them to me, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon them. Verse 18, then go and tell the people, purify yourselves, make ready, for tomorrow you will eat meat, because the cry of the Lord, who will, you said, who will feed us meat? We really had it good in Egypt. Circle that in your Bible. The Lord will give you meat, and you will eat. And you will not eat for one day or two days or five days or ten days or twenty days, but you'll eat meat for a whole month. Well, praise the Lord. Until it comes out of your nostrils. Uh-oh. 
And it becomes nauseating to you because you've rejected the Lord. Who is among you and cried to him? Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses replied, Lord, I'm in the middle of nowhere with 600,000 foot soldiers. Foot soldiers, not counting their wives, their grandpas, and their memos and their children. 600,000 fighting men. Lord, it would take all the flocks and herds to feed this bunch. That wouldn't even be enough. Matter of fact, Lord, all the fish in the sea, if they were caught, I wouldn't have enough. And the Lord answered Moses, Moses, is the Lord's power limited? You will see whether or not what I have promised will happen. A wind in verse 31 was sent out by the Lord, and it came up and it blew quail from the sea. It dropped in. Of the camp around them, that there, the quail was three foot deep, about a day's journey in every distance. The people were there. They were up all day. Would you circle that? They were up all day. They were up all night. Circle that. And they were up all the next day. Circle that. Gathering the quail. The one who took the least gathered 33 bushels, and they spread them out around the camp. Father, Lord, let this word give us instruction. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light into your path. God, I beg for you to move in my life today. God, would you give me the words that would encourage your children? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sinful praying. Sinful praying. Sinful praying always starts out as selfish praying. It's self-centered. It's self-centered. Matter of fact, we know a lot about selfies today. Selfie is the new word. Matter of fact, if you look at your Twitter handle, you look at your Snapchats, you look at your Instagram, it's all about selfies. Everybody's taking pictures of themselves. Taking pictures. Of, you remember when I was a boy, we had a thing called Flat Stanley. And Flat Stanley was a little cardboard piece of paper. And you would take him on a trip, and like one family would take him, you would, and everywhere Flat Stanley would go, he would take a picture and see where all in the world he went. Now he's better known as the roaming gnome, the gnome that roams. And they'd take a little gnome, and they would take him all around the place. It would take a picture. At Family of Grace, it was known as the flying bird. There was a bird that was a decor here. For a long time, we'd see who would get the bird, and you never knew where the bird would show up at next. But today, the world we live in, we just take pictures of ourselves. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. But sinful praying is the ultimate selfie. Because it's really only focused on us. It's really only focused on where we are. Matter of fact, sinful praying is selfish praying. As I said earlier in John chapter 9 and verse 31, it says, But the Lord doesn't hear the prayers of sinners. A sinful praying is very simple. It focuses always on the past. Look at the cry of the children of Israel. Oh man, do you remember how good we had it in Egypt? We had free fish we had melons doesn't say what kind might have been a watermelon might have been a dew melon might have been any other kind of melon but they had all the melons they had all the onions they could eat they had all the garlic that they could eat and they focused on the past do you remember how good we had it well yes your fish was free why, yes, you could eat all the watermelons you want. You were a slave, fool. 
day in. You made Brick's day out. Yes, it didn't cost you anything out of your pocket. You didn't have to pay for your fried fish dinner. But it cost you your child. Do you not remember the Holocaust? That was happening when the children of Israel began to outnumber the children of Pharaoh. They began to kill all the firstborn. But you know what? They forgot about all the dead babies. They forgot about smashing their fingers and, and the, their fingers being numb when they were making bricks together, when they were throwing the clay into those hot furnaces day in, day out. They forgot all about that because all they had to eat was bread that tasted like donuts. Sure, it was bread, but it tasted like Krispy Kreme donuts for the love of all. And they cooked it in all kinds of different ways. They could make it in like a, a, a pottery, a porridge, like oatmeal. They could make it into roll it, and they could fry it in the finest oil, the Bible says. We know they were southerners because they fried it in fine oil, deep fried, amen. I mean, you know anything's fried is good, so they didn't have it that bad. He said, but pastor, they had to eat that 40 years. Well, they did. But it was way before 40 years when they started complaining about it. Do you know why they had to eat it for 40 years? Because God never intended them to be in the wilderness 40 years to start with. It was a short journey. But because of their rebellious life, they ended up staying there 40 years. And all of a sudden, Moses gets to a point, he's like, God, I just can't take this anymore. I know all these people's praying to you every day. Give us meat. Give us meat. Give us meat. But I'm just telling you today, God, I don't know where I'd find enough meat to feed this whole bunch. And if I did find that much meat, I'm sure not into cleaning it. You see, when we begin to have selfish praying, it always focuses on the past blessings. It always focuses on personal pleasures. Oh, if I could just have some of that yummy garlic. Man, if I could just have, if I could just have some of that fresh onions, you know, wouldn't I have it great? So what if my daughter died? I mean, my son died. So what if my son was killed? If I just had a fresh, fresh loaf of, of, of a fresh plate of onions to eat. It always focuses on personal pleasure. And it is always propelled by false realities. We've been there so long, we forgot what it's really like. I say this a lot of times. Some people have been saved so long, they forgot what it was like to be a sinner. You say, why would you say that, Pastor? Well, look at the way they deal with sinners. Instead of lifting them up, they kick them down. Don't you be dragging your dirty self up into our church. This is, this is a hot house for saints. Not an emergency room for sinners. We're happy here. We're in a big building campaign to see how comfortable we can make the hot house. How can we keep the temperature the same, the lighting the same, the atmosphere the same, so that we don't grow, so that we don't shrink, so that we just stay the same until we get where we're going. Sinful praying. 
sinful praying. Sinful praying is always starts out like the prodigal son, Lord, give me. And today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to challenge you that in the middle of your shape, don't you anchor everything to the selfishness of yourself, but anchor it to the cross of Calvary. Die at the cross. At the cross, it bids us come and die, that we may rise again, that we may not die for eternity, but that we may live for eternity. At the cross, at the cross, at the cross. prodigal son said father give me and the father gave him and he ended up not being able to handle what the father gave him there's selfish praying but then there's soulful praying the most deep the, the prayer of the deep being of a person and in the middle of your circle making, what I want you to understand is that God doesn't want you to have a superficial prayer life God doesn't want you to have a shallow prayer life. God wants you to have a prayer life that is rooted deep in Him, that is, that is anchored to the cross, that is at the place where God wants, his, God wants you to move in tremendous ways. Soulful praying always focuses on basic essentials. Look at the prayer of Moses. The prayer of the children of Israel is like, we had it so great in bondage. We had it so great making bricks. They had to get up every day and work. Now they were just on vacation, traveling to their new homeland. And man, look at look at the prayer of Moses right here. He says, Lord, Lord, what have you done to me? Look right here. He begins to say, Lord, have you brought me out here to drive me crazy? Did you really expect me to take care of these people like little baby infants? God doesn't plan on you staying an infant forever. God plans on you growing and maturing into being all that you can be in Him. Soulful praying, the deep prayer of one's heart, focuses on base essentials. It also focuses on broken issues. That Moses was broken because the people were broken. Because the people were discontent with what God was doing. And because they were discontent with what God was doing, Moses' heart was broken. He had, he, it was the issues of the day that was breaking, breaking the heart of Moses that brought about the current burden. Soulful praying brings us to those basic essentials, those broken issues, those current burdens to bring us to the future blessings. God heard the cry of Moses. What was Moses' prayer? Lord, if I have failed you, if I have failed this bad, could you just let me go be where you are? I'm just tired of this. If I have failed that much, take me out of the game. But if I have not failed, Father, and I am doing what you call me to do, then, Father, could you help me in this predicament? Could you help me with these 600,000 foot soldiers that are wanting quail, wanting meat, and their wives, and their children, and their parents? Lord, I'm in over my head. God told Moses, you gather up a group of men. <clears throat> you go tell the children of Israel, 
tomorrow you'll eat meat. The Bible says the wind began to blow and brought the quail in from the sea. There was no quail even where they were in that area of the region where they were. The quail hung out where the water was. The quail was there. And all of a sudden, the, the winds began to blow. And when the winds began to blow, it blew enough quail in to go three feet deep. You know how deep three feet is? Right there. That's deep. For a day's journey, there was quail that deep. And God answered the prayer of Moses and not the prayer of the children of Israel. Moses drew a circle around himself and he said, God, I can't take it anymore. Moses didn't pray for a flower pot to fall off the window sill of their tent and hit them on the head. He didn't pray for God to kill the children of Israel. He loved the children of Israel. He didn't pray curses on them. He didn't pray hardships on them. He said, God, deal with me. Lord, if I have messed up, if I have led the children of Israel this way, God, deal with me. Real leaders don't look for excuses in other people. They start with themselves. Real leaders don't pass the buck. Real leaders don't say, how much hardship can we place on people so that they will like, hate our enemies more and like us more? Now, you know what I'm talking about. Moses said, Lord, you start right here. And when Moses got serious and circled himself and said, Lord, I ain't worried about the million people you've sent me. I'm worried about the army of one. I remember the old song, it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. In the book of Psalms, when David got serious, he didn't go praying for anybody else, but he said, Lord, I have sinned. Start with me. The prodigal son went to the father and he said, Father, make me. But when he made him everything that, he wanted, that the prodigal wanted to be, he came back at the end of his life with quail coming out of his nostrils and said, Father, actually it was pig snot and poo and everything else, and said, Father, don't give me, make me a servant. Because your servants, <clears throat> they have clothes on their back, shoes on their feet, and a roof over their head, and food on their table. Some of the very things you're praying for today could very well be sinful. And if God answered them, they may very well be your undoing. That job you're praying for, it takes you away from your family, it takes you away from those that you love, those, that job that relocates you all the way across the country that you think is so great, it just turned brown on the person before you that had that job. Amen. What do you believe in God for today? What are you asking God for today? Wow. The Bible says the quail came in. And you know what happened? They were forced to work all day, all night, and the whole next day cleaning quail. I remember one day, we decided to have this huge fish fry. This friend of mine, 
was well in age, and he had a, a fisherman's license, and he could go set nets in the river. And we went out there and set a net in the middle of the river, and we went back the next day to check it. We didn't have to buy any fish. But there was one fish in that net that weighed 65 pounds. Can I just tell you, by the time I was through carving on a 65-pound catfish, I didn't want to eat the fish. And that was just one fish. You know why God didn't want them to have meat? It wasn't because he said, I want you to be a vegetarian. It was because God knew the burden that would be on the children of Israel to try to raise enough animals to eat meat on the journey. And even if he provided it supernaturally, to clean that many animals, to deal with that many animals, day in, day out, on the road. On the road. It's one thing to deal with cleaning animals. If you're at your place. And you have your stuff. At your shop. With your knife. With your sink. With your water hose. But it's something else to do it on the fly. To do it on the run. And God loved them so much. He said guys here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you breakfast in bed every morning. When the dew falls in the evening, all you have to do is go out there in the morning and pick it up. You don't have to do anything. The manna will be there. I want to give you breakfast in bed every morning. I don't want you to have to labor. I don't want you to have to toil. I'm your, I'm your father. I want to take care of you. And today, I'm telling you today, our Heavenly Father is telling you the same thing. Can I ask you this question in closing? How is your prayer life? Is your prayer life focused more on what you want or more on what God wants? Is it more about your own motives, your own things? Or is it what God wants? Maybe you're right there at home, and you're thinking, wow, I've never heard anything like that. But today, I want you to examine yourself right there in the living room where you are. Say, is my prayer more about what I want or more about what God wants? I'm telling you, all you can think about is what's good, but all that God can think about is what's great. Today, don't settle for your way. Gravitate. To God's way. Because God's way is easy. His yoke is light. Don't give up. Don't let up. Embrace him. For all that he has. God will begin to bless you. In a tremendous way. What a great plan. What a great purpose he has for you. With your head. Looking for child care? Visit College Camp, located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318-484-2762. This ministry would not be possible without these partners. 
Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754. 